0: Sorcery, multiplayer games, and the Great British Bake Off. This is staying In. I've got, Please I've start. got, a, I've, I've got a question to ask. A question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you all ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Far away. But Chris, you're going to have to sit out of this question because it involves you. Okay. <laughs> all right. So take your chair away that's it push yeah, away from the mic it. i don't want to get involved Ophigos. right so yeah. pete and dan yeah, yes definitely. we're all by ourselves now okay i want you to um create a a, a picture in your mind a mind picture if you can uh yeah. you're it's a lovely uh evening um you're you're feeling a bit peckish you go to the fridge and you've got some sausages in your fridge okay oh lovely yeah everyone loves a bit of sausage um so my question to two, both of you is: How many of those sausages? It's just you in the house. How many of those mm. sausages are you going to put on the grill? How many are in the pack? Oh, it's it's uh, it's a sixer.
1: Um, are they? Oh, so they're not chipolatas. They're proper full-on Lincolnshire. Oh, proper or... sausage.
0: And for you, Pete, there an RSPCA man has gone round and gone. Yeah. Yep, that's a pig. Good. Good. As long as those animals were <laughs> murdered ethically, I
1: don't mind. <laughs> uh, so um, okay. Uh am I
2: having hmm. anything else with these sausages?
1: Um uh. broccoli Yep
3: and um, and um brown rice.
2: What a fun meal. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right okay, yeah. So you got broccoli, you got brown rice, not not the most you know, appetizing of food couplets, but still you've got sausages. I'm going to go in with an, er- with an early bid, okay? Not, no, mm. no, 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 Dan, Dan. Dan, I don't want how many did Chris have Is that if that's what you're thinking I'm going for. I want right. how many will you have as a normal human being? How yeah. many would you have? I think I would cook four sausages. For
2: yourself. For myself. I potentially could cook the other two and that's mainly because otherwise I'm not really going to eat those other two because I'm not going to... There's not enough for me, so I may cook them. And if I'm still hungry afterwards, I may have a sneaky other sausage.
1: You see, here's the thing uh, I'm sort of along those lines with Dan. Now, I would, if Alex was around, then I would cook, as in if she was anywhere near the cooking, uh, I would cook three for myself. Uh, if Alex wasn't around, I would cook <laughs> four for myself. However, I probably would cook all six at the same time and keep like, let's say, two or three of them, for, for a lunch, for a, for a packed lunch, maybe. But I certainly, I don't, you know, I, I think as a if I'm trying to be put a good face on things, I think I probably have a maximum of maybe
0: four sausages. You see, this, this question hasn't gone the way I thought, because I couldn't. What, what? Well, I'll explain the situation right. So Chris and yeah. I, the other evening, yeah. were getting ready to play Elder Scrolls online. Chris, you can come back, by the way, now. That's it, come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. (laughs) Roll back in. There he is. is. We were getting ready to play Elder Scrolls online. And as we have to do nowadays, we were squeezing gaming time in between lifetime. So um, we were both preparing a meal. I had a chicken in the oven and Chris was preparing some sausages. And I heard Chris. (laughs) I heard Chris unwrapping these sausages. And I heard him say it was something along the lines of yeah i might yeah well uh, it's not that many Uh might, might as well just do the whole pack six <laughs> that'll do six and never in my life have i ever eaten three sausages and gone yeah i could eat another three
1: yeah i don't think i could eat i don't think i could eat six to,
0: to be fair just see the day
2: i had uh just see the day i had uh sausage and mash and uh, I was on my way home and my, my good lady wife had, had already put the food in for me. She wasn't going to have any, um, but she she was put, put the sausage in the oven for me so they are ready when I got home. So when I got home, I looked in, I looked to see how many she'd put in and she'd yeah. put an entire pack of eight in. And I was eight. like, what, what are you doing? I can't eight. eat eight sausages. And she was like, eight yeah, but they're not going to get used otherwise. I was like, if they're a pack of eight, I could have had four and put four in the freezer. But you know what? All said and done, you've cooked them now. Let's deal. With, let's deal. It's with a it. challenge. <laughs> let's see what we can do. Um, <laughs> she eventually had three, and I eventually had five.
0: Five, five? You've sausages. You guys are eating too much sausage.
1: The three one was a stretch. Damn! What kind of sausages are these? Are these like your like your your walls bangers, or are they actual like food? They were actual <laughs> food. I think they were, oh, think okay. they were Cumberland. Oh, very nice. A nice Cumberland. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, and Chris, how much? Like, how much rice are we talking about here? Like, because, I mean, I mean, we're talking about, so- like, sausages here, but I'm assuming you didn't have a normal amount of, like, human amount of rice <laughs> and broccoli either. I had, like, a whole cup full of rice. A brown cup rice. full of
2: rice? A cup full yeah. of
0: rice. And just, Chris, like...
1: Chris, that's enough to feed a family of eight. <laughs>
0: Chris, Chris, eight. Chris. He's a growing boy. You, you came over to mine the other day, and we had a cup full of rice between four of us. Wow. yeah exactly
1: with rice here's the thing with rice with rice however much you put into the cup it's always going to be more than you actually need of rice right but a whole
2: cup of it a whole cup of it will last four months well that depends if it was an espresso cup then that's fine it was like it was like a whiskey it was like a, it was like a whiskey tumbler of rice that's so
1: much rice. Chris. It was like a pint glass of rice. Was- I, ate, I ate the whole thing, though. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doubting for a second that you <laughs> ate that amount of rice. What I'm saying is that average human beings. That is. That's a. That's too many sausages, and B. That's too much rice. My dad says that you know, like,
3: um, you know, I take after him. That he he, he describes his physique as being like a racing snake. <laughs> I'm a racing snake, son. Okay, Dad. What does that even mean? <laughs>
2: oh, it's a
3: racing snake no, I didn't snake know story. you could race again. snakes.
0: Metal Gear Solid Six, <laughs> Racing Snake. <laughs> Join so, Snake in the open world of Formula One um, race cars.
3: I've, I think I've always been a big eater, though. Like as a kid, I remember like the rest of my family when they'd, when they'd finished their dinner and their leftovers, they'd just lift their plates up and just
1: scrape it onto my plate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the human what, bin. Like,
1: like, automatically, just like, <laughs> and we are done here. Let, let, us, feed, let us feed the monster. <sighs>
3: <laughs> my God. I've always eaten quite a lot, yeah. Sam, um, you know that Tupperware box that you and your lovely partner borrowed off no. me? No. No. That used to be my
0: lunchbox at school. No, no, Chris, that—it oh was gosh. a suitcase. How big are we talking? So we're talking that, right? Okay, <laughs> Chris, Chris, right. I know. I I don't even know how to
2: describe this. Your average Amazon package, Chris. It looks like something you transport small animals to the vet in. <laughs> my family used to have one of those, and we used to keep three whole loaves of bread
1: in there. <laughs> Like oh, that is massive, Chris. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chris.
0: That used to I want to see the size of the bag you took to school. Like if that was your lunchbox wheeling a little case behind you. It was mainly this and two straps. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah,
3: I'd have I'd have about like I'd have um as you know, as I said before, like eight tuna sandwiches with ketchup, um, pack of raisins, Obviously. one of those long sausage rolls, um, an apple, a, a big Mars bar,
2: and a pack of crisps. Seriously, Chris, I, I I had a big appetite when I was young, but that is that is some like next level stuff.
0: I've never eaten that much food in my life. Never. <laughs>
1: Oh my god.
3: <laughs> well Pete, you 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 and you and Sam have been playing Sorcery Four. What is Sorcery Four? I know nothing yeah, about this I, game.
2: I've heard you talk about it and I'm 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 worried that it's just gonna be another card game like Magic and it's gonna make me fall asleep.
0: So please tell me it's not <laughs> It's not a card game, Dan, I can tell you that. Okay, um, um, so well-
1: Got- you've been playing most, most of it, haven't you, Sam? So you've been playing the iOS version or I've been
0: playing the Steam version because we've got sent send some codes for it. Mm-hmm. From the lovely people at Inkle. Inkle, Inkle, Inkle. Oh. Inkle, um, Inkle, yep. Inkle, little star, how I wonder what <clears throat> you are. Uh, yeah. Keep going. Oh, I was going to slip into my Brian Cox impression, but I thought no, I'd leave it. <laughs> um, his, his Brian Cox impression, actually,
3: with the risk of hyping it, is actually quite good.
0: Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. i I like the fact that you really hyped it there by saying it's quite good. It's well really I said overhyped. That that over. Um so um so Inkle, um, a few years ago started to convert Steve Jackson, not that Steve Jackson, but the other Steve Jackson's um sorcery um choose your own adventure novels into four games. Um so sorcery exclamation mark came out a few years ago. Then it's been followed up by three games since. Um, and I jumped on it a while ago because I played Inkle's 80 Days, which mm. is absolutely incredible. Like, it's, it's, mm. it's one of my favorite, favorite iOS games. And still, Chris, it's a game... That you need to play because it's the most Chris game since Chris games, the concept of Chris games were invented.
1: Have you not played Eighty Days, Chris? No, it looks gorgeous. Oh, for
0: goodness' game, sake! No, I know. I, know. I was
1: going from. I've not played Eighty Days.
3: It looks oh. beautiful. In fact, I'm going to look at it now on my phone and download it. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking mm-hmm. about? Well,
0: it? see if you can get it on your. See if you can get it on your surface because will be. It's better on your surface because it is <sighs> kind of like an interactive It's book. Microsoft.
3: It's probably not going to have it. I'll check anyway.
0: Have a have a have a quick look. I'll have, so, a gander. have a look so so they made 80 days which is a wonderful um travel log um about um and um, Phileas Fogg trying to travel the world in 80 days and so it was from then that i decided to pick up sorcery and really at its base sorcery is a choose your own adventure game that you control a, an avatar off a Uh, around a really detailed 2d map and basically you have tons and tons of adventures as a very competent uh, combat system a very competent uh, magic and spell system not that magic dan don't worry um and you weave your way through these through these um through these stories and experiences and the writing is some of the best writing I've ever experienced in a game period I was I was playing sorcery 2 round um, Petes quite recently and there was just some interactions I had that I was in stitches there's this one moment where I entered this town and um, it was I noticed that it was like the dwarven quarter of this of this city so one of my options was to either carry on walking through say hello to a trader or get down on my knees to make everyone else feel comfortable <laughs> so, so um, due to the beauty of the fact that um, all the sorcery games hmm. except for 4 which is something I'll get onto later have basically a finger in book mechanic so you can rewind any decision that you make or rewind back to any decision that you make so mm. you can have as much fun and explore as much of the of the world and interactions as you wish without any fear of of reprisals or injury so you can you can essentially just test the water and I was so I was just like well yeah. what the hell I've got down on my knees and <laughs> started walking <laughs> through this village um, only to be accosted by dwarves Um, and really I didn't learn my lesson because um, I went around a corner and I saw these people who were like snake hybrids and I got chatting to one of them and he was just like yes, my name's Stephen and one of my options was to speak to replicate his way of speaking, so I went hi Stephen, I hope you're well today and and he was with his mum and his mum goes, how dare you take the mick out of my son's lisp? And they, you know, walked on. Um, so, like, Sorcery as, as a game, like all four games are just filled with these really unexpected twists and turns in the way that the writing yeah. happens. Like, you never know what a conversational path or what an encounter is going to lead you down. Like, in um, in Sorcery 3, I was suddenly... Attacked by this massive scorpion that was bigger than me, and like your options are usually like attack, cast a spell, or wait. So I just I just thought that i will just wait and just see what happens. And the scorpion picked me up, put me on his back, and then like took me to another part of the story that I wouldn't have gotten to if I'd cast a mm. spell on it or if I'd amazing or if I've, or if I'd attacked it and. Every single one of the games is so intricately designed, and you've got this wonderful original Steve Jackson artwork from the original adventure books that go along with some of the encounters, and you just get the idea that this this whole world has just been so beautifully designed, and and it's wonderful to to be a part of. And I I messed up kind of when playing the first two games because even though I knew that there was this finger in book mechanic I never actually used it for the first two games because I wanted my experience to be um, what I thought was kind of complete like I wanted yeah I wanted it to be kind of like well those are the decisions that I took those are the repercussions and that's the adventure that I'm having to a point where I ended the first game burning down the whole entire city and being cursed by a god (laughs) And right. you can carry on your saves across each title so you can have the same adventure going through and everything that happened in previous titles goes on to the next. So I started Sorcery 3 with like two stamina and no money, no rations, being taunted by, taunted by this god who whenever I took a step would like tell me how I'm going to die, how I uh, <laughs> did the a, did a wrong thing by burning down burning down this city and that i'm worthless and i'm hopeless and i'm not the hero that's sent out for this quest and literally i couldn't make it two steps without dying and this god like laughing at me and getting his justice so it was from that point on that i actually played this choose your own adventure game like a choose your own adventure game that sounds amazing yeah so in terms of the the kind of the game the gameplay mechanics
2: what would you what kind of game would you compare it to in terms of, because obviously, in terms of the writing and the way the narrative plays out, is is as you've explained. In terms of the mechanics of actually controlling your character and what you're doing on screen, how what would you compare that to?
0: Um, it's tough, really, because there's. So I'm
2: imagi- I'm imagining something along the lines of something like Bastion, but I'm I'm assuming I'm probably mm. coming at it from the wrong
0: direction. Um, no, no you don't have m- you don't. All you control is basically is a figurine of your avatar. So you have like a, a a hero or a heroine and they're sort of like poised for action on top of like a round base. And then you have your map, which um, is kind of like a 2D map with some relief in the first three games. But in sorcery, it's like, it's this massive 3D um, construction, which looks incredible. And basically you enter the game, you get script, which comes up the screen and a really nice touch is when you say something or make an action that gets like looped onto the bottom of the um, the end of the script with string. So it's like this idea that you're adding and adding and adding and adding mm. to this adventure as you're going. And so basically to move from one bit to another, you basically just drag your avatar and you make like a, a dotted line onto the next flag, basically. Um, so mm. the the actual like animation and movement is very minimal, but sounds a bit like a, like a point and click. Yeah, it is. But, but really like your avatar doesn't move they're static. Yeah. Avatar. They're a static, Mm. just picture that Mm. moves from one bit to another because it's not about, you know, it's, 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 it's imagery
1: is very much conveyed in words. Like it's, you, you really have to have like an, an imagination to actually appreciate what it is that's going on there. Um, It's still a good-looking game, though. You know, I I don't... One of the things that I think is very challenging about talking about game book adaptations is that they're really easy to do, right? Because ultimately, it's just words and then decisions. And for the longest time, digital adaptations of of game books were very straightforward like literally here are some words here are some options choose the thing that you want to do and that's it whereas when when you you know about 4 or 5 years ago when Inkle started doing its thing when uh you know um a couple of other different places were were starting to come up and do their their stuff um they were changing how like what the expectation was of a game book digital adaptation and with Warlock on Firetop Mountain, uh, and now Sorcery Four, we start to see like almost the the peak of that now, like the peak of what you can do within words being sort of essentially typed out on a page and then responses to them that you that you give. Um, so, so I I've been playing like Sorcery Four on Steam, and uh. I agree with you, Sam, in that I think that this is a tablet game. Like, I, I like the Steam. I liked playing playing it on PC, but I've played the previous... dabbled with the previous Sorcery games before on tablet, and it, I feel like the experience really lives there. Yeah. Um, you feel a lot more connected um, to the
0: book element. You know, yeah. Something, something handheld. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Um, so I've played um, a couple of hours of Sorcery 4, and... I really enjoyed my time with it. Like it feels like I didn't see as much humor uh, as I saw in previous games. Like it's they're not f- meant to be super funny. That that's not their focus. They're not comedies. But this this adventure felt very much so far, you know, a couple of hours in, does feel very much like no this is the end like yeah. there's a, there's some really serious stuff that you need to to deal with and there is danger around every single corner um but that being said like i mean the writing is just um, like top class again uh like the 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 that that 3d visual map that you get is is just fantastic the,
0: the sound design is also a massive plus it's, it's really so amazing It's really um, subtle and suggestive. It plays, it's part of the way that it helps create the world. So you walk into a market and you'll just get a really subtle sort of sound effect of a marketplace, or you walk by a fountain and you just get Mm. a little bit of trickling water. Um, Mm. So it's really good. I think that if this is something that kind of takes your fancy, that starting at Sorcery 4 isn't the best way to go, I think that. Going back, if I mean, the first sorcery game is takes about two hours to play, so it's really kind of putting your finger in the water. And you'll be able to, if you play sorcery the first one, and in those two hours which fly by, you go, Yep, yeah, this is this is something that I kind of want to stick with, then you know that you've got mm. three more quality games down the line. And there's and there's things, as you say, in sorcery four, because it is the final chapter, there is. Uh, a lot of assumed knowledge that you kind of right. expected to have. So, right. in Sorcery 3, you spend a lot of time learning what the counter spells are to the spells that you're learning. So, in the Sorcery games, you're kind of a half wizard, half um, uh, sort of a warrior. Warrior, I guess, yeah. There's always an option to attack, there's always an option to cast a spell and by casting a spell you use the the color, the current constellations of the stars that are around you which is a great way of them being able to limit the spells so you can't just use a spell that you want, you've got to use the spells that they give you at that moment because that's the way the constellations are. Um, and then you have like three letter combinations so there's like hot... Which creates a fireball. There's um, fog, which makes everything dark. And some of the spells are brilliant, like six, where you you make six versions of yourself. Um, I had a fight with a um, with a uh, a boar statue that came to life, and I didn't know which spell to use, so I just used six, and that got me out of it because it started attacking the six clones of me. And um, it was it was really well written because it was something like the boar gets confused, attacks six versions of yourself, and suddenly there's six bodies of you laying about this floor. Um, so, in, if you're just going to sorcery four, there's quite a bit of knowledge about the spells and the counters that you kind of need. Um, I mm. kind of get the feeling with the game that that's going to be the kind of the end game is kind of like a monkey, uh, a monkey island type. You can only win if you know the correct rebuttal to what's coming up. Mm. Um, so uh, my advice would be, yeah, if this sounds like a game for you, then I think getting in on the ground floor is a great, easy way. It's not going to take up too much of your time and you're going to know very quickly whether this is a game that you should love. And, and to be honest, mm. like I couldn't recommend these games highly enough. Like It's the only money I've ever spent on a iOS game. I bought all the first... Three sorceries for like nine ninety nine, and even though the yeah you can get you can
2: get the just I just had a little look because you you've kind of kind of sold me on it. Um, you can get the first three as a bundle for nine ninety nine, and you can also get uh, a four game bundle, which is uh, eighty days sorcery one, sorcery two, and then uh, among the dead men, I think it's called. Yeah, it's another game. um (laughs) So that's ten forty nine. So that game, that's more of a kind of a look across all of the Inkle games. I mean, I've not mm-hmm. seen those 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 before at all. This is literally the first I've heard of it. But it does sound. And looking at some of the images, the artwork
0: looks absolutely stunning. So I'm I'm very much interested in this. And you know, and guys, you know what I'm like when it comes to mobile games. Like I just yeah, you love all of them. You love all
2: the mobile <laughs> games, don't you? You do often I... say if there's one thing you love. It's a good mobile game. <laughs> but, but on Android, they're uh, 99p each. For there one, you go. Two and
3: three.
0: Banging! I'd, I'd, snap those up right now. And two and three and four are at least six to eight hours long. So you get your Jeez. money's worth.
2: What the fuck is Bake Off? Great British Bake Off? You've, you've heard of that? Come on! Pop culture, really your thing, isn't it, Pete?
0: You buck off! You've Bake heard off. of it? Come on! What do you think Bake Off is? Right, Pete. Um, There's a program called The Great British Bake Off. Yeah. Picture to me. What happens? Um
1: I think I think I know this. So it's there's okay, so there's There's an old woman. Yes. And she and she gets lots of her celebrity friends in. And they (laughs) and they they have to bake like really nice cakes and cookies. And other baked goods, and then that's that's on TV. And I think
2: Anton Decker involved in some way. <laughs> <laughs> like I, impressive. That is a, some impressive knowledge, Pete. I mean, it really I, is. mean like, I mean, if that, Channel
0: Four are wondering how to revamp the format, I think they just got it. I think Pete was yeah, just basically that,
3: flicking through the channels, and they all just amalgamated into one show.
0: <laughs> he saw an old
2: woman.
1: He saw baking, and he saw Anton Deck tedious suburban bullshit. Um yeah, I, I I think I think it's something to do with that and and it's a very I understand it's, it's like a very it's like a very British thing. Like it's it's seen as like part of British culture. Well, it's, and, it is called the Great British Bake Off. Well, I suppose so. But like but like it's seen as very like patriotic. I guess I guess it's sort of not patriotic, but it is very um when you think of England, you do think of um you know moist tea towels over the top of cucumber sandwiches to keep them cool in the middle of uh, uh the middle of a summer and then like a nice picnic out in the garden you do think of that sort of stuff and i guess bake- baking kind of goes into that um and yeah and some yeah some one, i i don't know I, I think it's something to do with yeah that and an old lady and she judges them it's like that but it's like it's like what was not through the keyhole what was the other one that <laughs> you, we that w- was master chef when MasterChef was on, <laughs> um, they're, they're basically the same show. Yeah. MasterChef and Through yeah, the Keyhole, but like it was like it's like MasterChef but for Victoria Sponges. That almost felt like I was I'd, I'd ask like a medium that question,
3: and they were like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're talking about contacting the dead. Just like I'm getting I'm getting an old woman in yes. a tent.
2: Two Geordie presenters. And, and celebrities and baking. And a croissant. Yet. Say enough vague comments and you'll eventually sound like you know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right though, right? I, well, no. There's an old lady, yes. <laughs> Outside of that, you're wrong. Great British Bake Off, Peter, is uh,
3: the only reality television show I will watch. It's basically a show where... Although it technically it's a competition, I wouldn't describe it as overly competitive. There's no kind of trash talk between people. Um, it's kind of collaborative. There's
1: <laughs> no trash talk.
3: Your
2: sausage rolls are shit. <laughs> like What Call do you me mean, no trash talk? talk? I would pay money. I would pay money to have Pete on the Great British Off. <laughs> we wouldn't even know what it is. We wouldn't
3: know even how to prepare. But basically, Pete, what happens each week is, speaking to the only person probably in the UK who <laughs> needs this explaining... Um, it's a competition, there are three rounds uh, amateur bakers, so there's not celebrities it's amateur bakers, although there, no. there has been a celebrity bake off like charity and comic relief and things, um, basically they're you. amateur bakers from all over the UK um, various different backgrounds and they are basically competing each week um, to become uh, the winner and each week uh, one of them is uh, kicked out of the competition and there are three rounds every week Uh, The first round is just, is it a signature bake where they're given a particular theme and they have to make uh, a a bake that has their own personal twist on it, their own signature. What is the... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Theme. Surely the theme is cake cake. No, no, no! Baking actually, Pete, believe it
1: or not, extends beyond. Cake. It's not
2: just Victoria Sponges. Oh right, Yeah,
1: sure, <laughs> but sure. But the theme is like make a cake or make a biscuit. Surely, it's not like theme is like Halloween.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, what type of biscuit?
1: Yeah, biscotti.
2: Oh, do they go shortbread?
1: That far. Oh, right.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> I mean, think about when you go to a restaurant, Peter, and you look at the menu. It doesn't just say you know biscuits, meats, <laughs> vegetables, <laughs> drink.
2: Yeah, right. yeah, well, you know, drink maybe, in a cake shop and seen the huge variety of pastries and cakes on offer
1: cake shop sorry Dan is that is that in your in your neighbourhood is that just down from the candlestick maker and the baker from the 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 sort of shoeshine the butcher
3: cake shop I mean I I think Dan what my name is patissiere
0: Oh, oh, wait, I think you're saying more things now, which just going over Pete's head. Yeah,
2: when Pete got thrown by the words "cake shop," I think P- we should have left
0: him.
3: <laughs> Pete, they bake it. They bake stuff, and then it's judged. And you learn a lot about okay. baking. You learn about the heritage of of it, and it's it's really interesting, and it's lovely. And you see, as you say, Pete, there is a kind of a, a, a cuddly, kind of quintessentially English quality to it that okay, people have kind cool. of fallen in love with.
2: Pastel mm. colors. Yeah, light-hearted bunting all around. It sounds like bunting. there's a live
3: orchestra in the tent with them, and yes, it's in a tent. It's like a marquee. That, that's what they bake in. But the reason I want to talk about it is, is that um, basically uh, the rights of it have been lost, and uh, it's been bought by Channel Four. So from next season onwards, it's going to be Channel Channel Four's. So, baby, well, it, so it the are, new season
2: wouldn't come out until 2018. Right. So is. Is that
1: gonna be problematic? Because I thought Ant and Deck were like BBC. It's not Ant and Deck, Pete. Um
3: it's it's uh. Mel and Sue. Uh Sue Perkins Mel Gidroy, uh from uh from who did like a night had a nineties kind of comic double act together. Um
0: Mel and Sue.
3: Um they they aren't the people that did Let's Get Ready to Rumble.
1: <laughs> right, okay.
3: Alright. So that's Bake off I I I love it. It's one of the pe- reasons why I bought my TV license because now because I don't actually have a live TV. I watch everything streamed. But now I have to buy a TV license. And the two reasons I bought a TV license for the BBC are Bake Off and Sherlock. Although there are some fantastic documentaries as well that I quite like.
1: So okay. And so Bake that's on got... Channel Four now, yeah. and and is and everyone's upset.
2: Yeah, everyone. No, uh, yeah, people are upset because it was seen as a uh, it was a show that was nurtured by although it it was produced by a third party production company it was seen as yeah. being nurtured and created by the BBC and so for it to then be taken right. away from the BBC kind of the BBC yeah. wanted to keep it but they couldn't afford it there was controversy because people see it as a BBC product that only the BBC would have created it that's that's the All idea right. and that's why there's been a lot of kind of uh, I wouldn't say controversy but kind of unhappiness around its its movement The
1: nation is
3: in mourning
2: Okay, so I've got a few questions Go on um, One
1: um, are p- Do pies come under the remit? Yes. Yes. yes Okay, fruit and meat? Yes Yeah, maybe not together Okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, say in the signature bake they might be, they might be can, I, can I just say Can I just say
2: after all the conversation about what the toll show is, Pete's gone straight back to the says Now, let me just
0: establish what's baking? <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, actually, uh, Chris, have you never had a pork pie with a uh, apple topping?
3: That's very true, Sam, actually. Yeah, actually, the sausages I ate for dinner the other day had apple
0: in them. Well, there we go. Um, all six of them. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. a bushel could part your five a day with that. I, I feel like we're spending too much time on something that. People are gonna know a lot about considering episodes get like ten million views. I don't know is this so this
1: oh right, so this is popular. This is like a fairly popular thing. Though.
0: Fairly, it's number
1: one
2: basically every it's week. It's basically the number one show. And it's been going for years. But have, years, really? We're I think we're in the seventh series now? Something so
1: like that, so yeah. can I just can I just like get on like DVD or something or like Netflix or <laughs>
2: Netflix?
1: Wait, you I don't know like, like, binge uh, watch Bake Off. is uh, it like is it is it like a storyline? What?
0: It's not it's a, a soap com- opera. It's, a,
2: it's a it's a competition. It's, it's not
0: a narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah real but there's a whole bunch
1: of like there's a whole bunch of like different like documentaries out there that are like like mockumentaries, right? It's not the like Americans making a murderer. No, but like no, but <laughs> it's like, not fiction. <laughs> No, but there's a whole bunch of mockumentary stuff out out in the states where there's sort of vaguely like the Kim Kim Kardashian. I think that's her name. She's got a she's uh, she's famous for a butt. I think I don't know. She she's got like a TV series where they follow her around and it's her real life, but it's like an enhanced version of her real life. And they'll what like they give her it? scripts. A, I I can I can, I can
2: honestly say, Pete, that the Great British Bake Off is not the same as Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So so no. there's
1: okay. So it's so there's no like. Story like like the old woman's not, I don't know, like, dying and trying to get money. This old woman, can I just say, this
3: old woman has a name. Her name's Mary Berry, and she is... Mary uh, Berry. She has prestige, she has background, she's a very experienced uh, baker. She trained as a patissiere in Paris when she was younger. Um, She's extraordinary. Yeah, Um, okay. And her colleague, Paul Hollywood, is a very experienced baker as well.
1: Paul Hollywood? Yes. Wasn't he a wrestler?
2: Are you thinking of Hollywood Hulk Hogan? That's what I'm thinking. (laughs)
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, my uh, Have you um, hit your head oh, today or
1: something? If it's that popular, maybe it'll it be at, like, at my local pub and they'll have it on the TV or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now showing Manchester
2: United versus Northampton, followed by Great British Bake Off. <laughs> on, on a big flat <laughs> screen. The only thing less likely than Pete going down to his local pub is for him to go down to the local pub to watch the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Such That's a middle-class
1: sounds... pursuit. Well, I don't know. <laughs> You've been sending pictures to us of your back cave uh which I'm assi- well I mean <laughs> phrasing uh, your of your of your office space invited so what what is it like is it just like is it just for work or is there play there as well or is it just audio stuff
0: or well um it's kind of cuz over the past well 9 months I've been moving house we've been doing up yeah. our house that we're in now and uh Uh, living elsewhere, which has been okay, but we're finally in and set up. And so, of course, this was the first room that I set up. Um, Obviously. And and it just just so happens, Pete, that over the years Mm -hmm. I've accrued quite a lot of Batman paraphernalia. Oh, that surprises me. Yeah. So um, when it was my birthday, we went to Comic-Con in Liverpool and I've got three um, vintage Batman comics all up in a line. Uh, above me here uh, it's the untold legend of the Batman and uh, basically it's um, someone's learned all of Batman's secrets and he's using them to destroy Batman and it's spread over three mm-hmm. issues and the conclusion of which is that, uh, spoilers but they're framed so you're never going to read them um, is that <laughs> due to a strong that's not the reason I'll never read them <laughs> due to a strong warehouse blast uh, bruce wayne has become a paranoid schizophrenic and um the person he thinks is after him and has found out all of his secrets is actually himself and yeah. he and he beats himself by just basically going hard oh, to get over it bruce and then he goes oh well, i'll recover from that now <laughs> done brilliant so they're very frameable yeah i kind of want this to be a bit of a Playroom. I've got a PS2 set up in here. You can just see it over my shoulder. But I've only got yeah. one PS2 game, which is Shadow of the Colossus. So, uh
2: I was promised the PS2 room, and I've never played Shadow of the Colossus. So it makes sense for that. So to Dan, my why
0: do not you travel the 200 miles to my house and then sit in a room on your own for a weekend and play Shadow of the Colossus? But it is nice to finally have like a space. And, yeah, you know, so all my comics are in here, all my DVDs. Well, actually, I've only got five DVDs any- now. So, because I think, I think when you, I think
1: when you're like a bachelor, like it's really tempting to go ahead and be like, I'm going to have all of my games behind a, a big. Uh, bookcase and stuff in, like in the living room and Behind I'm gonna have all my comic books everywhere. Well, inside the bookcase. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> you have to pull well.
0: the the <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a proper like bachelor pad. Um, but like, but like you know, I'm gonna have all of my fun models and stuff out on display, and all my cards are over here and all that sort of stuff. And it and you you realize that actually no, it's a bit sort of it's a bit overwhelming. And and when when you get your own little room. Like so we've I've got I've got my office here that, that at some point Alex and I are gonna gonna share. But it's a space where we can do our own stuff. Like we can work on our own things. Like she's gonna work on art in here and I'll um I'll be working on like audio stuff and uh uh well I guess I don't know, just You'll be you'll be exercising. Writing you'll be on an exercising, bike. yeah, exercise bike, all that sort of stuff. Um Like it's nice to be able to put okay, this is where all of the geek stuff lives. Yep. And then the front room is not just Wall to wall, you know, uh, uh, comic books and board games and all that sort of stuff, which are all lovely. But you just think to yourself, "Do I want that framed picture of uh, Captain Riker from Star Trek? Do I want that front and center above my fireplace? I don't know.
0: I don't think you do. You don't. No, it's 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 good. It's nice. And I've even taken the extra step step of keeping all my PS4 games upstairs. Even though my PS4 is yeah. downstairs, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a massive effort.
1: Which, but do you do you keep like do you keep like your your current rotation? Do you keep them next to the console?
0: I've got one in there. I've got one case yeah. down by the TV, so that's technically yeah. two games because one can sit yes. in the console and one sits in the case. So you need. So,
2: so you need.
0: Um, that kind of like gives a gives the living room a bit of edge. It's just like, oh, this is a nice living room. Oh was well decorated. Oh, PS4. Game on the counter yep. there. Oh, oh.
1: Yep. yeah. And when when people you don't know come over, like maybe like uh, some friends of a partner or something like that, it, it's always like, oh, I see you're into your games then. R- and it's like a fun conversation rather than like a wall full of games. Where it's like, oh, I see you're into your games then. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, like, a, it's a
0: shame the game at the moment, Resident Evil Six. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I see you're into your mediocre quality games. Then. <laughs> hey, but uh, I know that there's a reason. There's a reason because. Chris and I have been searching for a game to play together for a while, and we have picked Resident Evil 6, because it's impossible to find (laughs) a co-op campaign game for two people to enjoy, and until the Dead Space collection comes out, then we're pretty much screwed. So...
1: Well, until they do that HD remake of 50 Cent's Blood on the Sand, uh, I think we're all... uh, oh, that'd be lovely. lovely. Ooh. That would be Lost Planet 2. That
0: would be lovely.
1: Mm. Oh, Lost Planet 2 HD would be amazing. Um, Yeah, I... uh, Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, it's not a lot of co-op stuff at the moment, because I was looking for a whole bunch of different co-op experiences, and obviously Dan and I, we've... Well, actually, collectively, we've all started playing Elder Scrolls Online, and Dan and I were playing it the other day, and, um, like that's a really good fun experience and you know it's good to get into co-op and stuff it doesn't quite feel like it's weirdly it doesn't quite feel like at the point that we're at it's actually built for co-op i hope that that will actually change
0: for an mmo it's very
1: individual here's your experience i get the feeling that that'll probably change when like group quests come in because i can't imagine a designer would go oh yeah multiple people um so so there's that And then, like, there's the odd racing game stuff. But in terms of actual co-op, sitting through things, you you either end up with. There's just not a lot. It's like Diablo or, uh, maybe Overwatch. But even that's like co-op competitive. Like you're still gonna you're with your friends playing other people, and it's like.
0: That's the thing. Like we, because Chris and I invariably are are sort of, um, we I don't know why, but we tend to, you know, find an hour or two most more regularly Mm. than. You know, I get to play with Chris more than any of you guys. Not for preference, yeah, but it just happens. <laughs> well, clearly, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've kind of dabbled in a few things, like we played Siege to Death and Hell Divers. It's just a shame that Chariot isn't like online co-op play. That, um, Sam, Sam, if there was any
3: lag though, talking <laughs> over like the conversation, it's such a fragile game. It's an incredibly fun couch co-op game, and I quite like that it is one of the very few good couch
0: co-op games out there currently. Um, What is it? Um, um, You want to describe it, Sam? Okay, I'll describe it. Basically, you... um, Chariot is a... It's a a multiplayer game where you can play it single player, but God knows how. Um, It's a... uh, You can only play a couch co-op and basically you are a grieving princess who, along with their prince-to-be are carting the chariot of your dead father through the underworld. And okay. the, the premise of the game is that each of you's characters have a, a leash or a, a tether to each end of the chariot. So the chariot's got wheels on it and the coffin's in the middle. And this is all like a cartoony world. Um, it's not that oppressively dark. And <laughs> so basically one of you is on the front of the chariot and you're pulling it while the other one sort of hangs back. And basically the chariot is your platform for the platforming sections. So in order to get somewhere, you've got to drag the platform you've got to drag the chariot from platform to platform, like tethering it, unhooking it, jumping on it, jumping off, then tethering it, then pulling it up whilst pulling up your partner. And then you've got to then like use that chariot to then move up onto the next platform. So it's kind of this really intricate um um, sort of two D platforming game where you're always taking your platform around with you, and then there's some brilliant moments. Like sometimes the chariot will just roll away, and at the last minute you'll just tether onto it, and you'll just be like dangling off a cliff, like a Bruce Willis action movie, like just holding on. And me and Chris <laughs> will just be breathless, like going, or <sighs> <we're> just like <laughs> and what, what's it we always say, Chris? Anchored, anchored, anchored. You've got to anchor yourself to make sure you don't and, slip and just- away with the anchor. And area. I love
3: it when 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 Sam gets stressed because the pitch of his voice just rises. Chris, Chris,
1: Chris, hold on. <laughs> but um, it's,
3: it's, bit- it's,
0: a, it's a tough game to describe, but it, it's just one of those games that because you're forced to sit next to the person that you're playing it with, it's really tense and engaging, and oh, it's brilliant. Mm. It's the level maps favorite. are a lot
3: like um, Spelunky, aren't they, in terms of their level design? But you can't see the whole of it. You can kind of look at a map vaguely, but you're kind of just feeling around in places. And it's it's lovely to kind of be, as you say, Sam, be sat next to that person and kind of problem-solve, map your route. Okay, so you're going to have to go up there, then you're going to have to swing the chair across to me, and I'll have to catch it. And, and having these really interesting back-and-forth kind of conversations. And the game has got like a nice, wry sense of humour. And also, your father, although he's dead in this coffin, you get the ghost of him, and he comments, you know, if you're bashing him around too much, he kind of complains. <laughs> um, and the coffin will get attacked by various kind of um cartoony kind of bats and creatures, and you have to fend them off while you're holding onto this coffin that is dangling that above a precipice. It's that really lovely, great. actually. It's a really nice problem-solving kind of couch mm. co-op game, really. Um, mm. We've played uh, Lara Croft and the Temple of the Sires. We completed that. Oh, we did.
0: That. Oh, brilliant. That, that's finished now, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got seventy percent of the trophies after completing that, <laughs> uh, which shows you what a quality title it was. And <laughs> that game was heading for a four out of ten. Right, that game was heading for a four out of ten. It was pretty, pretty awful. Until yeah, it's not great. spoilers. Right at the end of it, turned into right. a massive Power Rangers fight between two incredible. Egyptian, two Egyptian gods and a giant crocodile and we're running um, between their legs basically fending off everyone else <laughs> it was crazy shoots up to a 6 out of 10 it was brilliant, brilliant. and that um, and that to oh. me is like that is the perfect um, sort of equation for a multiplayer experience that it is um, a game that's of a certain level of quality like almost not too good a quality, like hovers hovering yeah. around that five or seven out of ten, but the person yeah. you're playing with is like a ten out of ten, if that kind of makes yeah, sense. It, because that
1: that yeah.
0: For me, True. like a good multiplayer game, if it's like Siege is a game that I'd probably give like you'd probably give about seven, maybe eight out of ten for. Yeah. But because yeah, it's right. so high in quality, for me it gets kind of repetitive and boring's not the word, but a bit dull. Monotonous after a while. I th- I think I think there's this weird thing
1: of it's easier to enjoy games with friends when you're not actually quite as invested. Yeah. And I think games can do, do that in multiple ways. You can do things like, for example, skate, which I, I I think is like a nine out of ten game, or, you know, an eight out of ten some of them. Um but <laughs> you're 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 not you're not invested so much because there's no like score attack you're not doing compet. you know you never play the competitions it's just hang out do a you know grind a rail flip a trick whatever whatever you want to do so you're not invested in that capacity so games can either be like well let's just have fun and roll around and, and do whatever or they can be a little bit naff so that you you come out of the experience enough to go, ha, this is dumb, or like this writing's awful, or this game mechanic is really not good, or here's a really easy way to break the game and make it horrible for other people to play it. Yeah. And then have that fun experience of like breaking the game together and enjoying it. And like I don't know, like I kind of feel like
0: I've I, had better it's I, I've had better multiplayer experiences with what you would call like lower ranked games than I have with Higher ranked ones. I I can only think of a couple like when Dan and I played Portal 2 together. That was a great, you know, that was great, really well made multiplayer experience. I think it was heightened by the fact that we were in the same room playing it at the time. But it also, it's also a game that gives you time to step away from the, the gameplay.
1: It like goes, okay, and here's a little bit of storytelling. And right now you're stuck in a room. Go figure it out, and I'll, we'll we'll come back to you when you figure this sort of stuff out. So it's it's like you're still engaged with it, but it's not that constant like call of duty like now go here, now go here, now go here. Like yeah. it's 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 that like okay, I'm just go and explore for a little bit, and then we'll come back and finish the rest of the story when you're ready.
2: But I, I think the I think in certain certain games that are quite high level. I mean, some of the best kind of multiplayer experiences I've had of late. Um, in terms of the games that I currently have on rotation. And I know, Sam, you're not a big fan, but some of the times I've played, say, GTA five with UP or with Chris, and we've just kind of done a bit of nonsense and just ran around the city working things out and been crying with laughter because we've done stupid stuff. And when we've all played together, we've we've been laughing and joking because it's it's our personalities that we're putting into it. We're we're enjoying this uh, this world that the game has created, but it's us, and with the fact that none of us are particularly proficient in some of these games makes it better. The fact that we're all a little bit rubbish, but we're we're rubbish together. When we played, the, when we did
3: the stunt racing, me and you, Dan, and I stupidly accidentally didn't select the vehicle, and they gave me a Vespa scooter, and I which <laughs> couldn't physically these,
2: get around the course. I couldn't actually get up a hill.
3: I was stuck on this hill, <laughs> basically on a hairdryer, essentially getting lapped can, by everyone else on the internet.
0: I completely agree with you. And I think that a large portion of finding a multiplayer game that su- that suits you is definitely around the friends that you have. But the problem I have with Grand Theft Auto is that there are just too many players out there who want to make their own fun by harming yours. So Chris yep. and I did some stunt racing and we we're all having a fun time until... Five or six players got bored and just started blocking the road. So yeah. we just couldn't do anything from at that point anymore. Mm. And and it becomes to that point where I'm just like, well, I'm just Well I'm I'm just not picking this game up again now because I don't want to take that risk that I'm having fun and then someone comes <laughs> along and ruins it just because they're that they're tired of it. So I'd much rather have a play a game that is not going to attract that kind of attention yeah
2: i think the 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 point the point you make where you say kind of what makes the multiplayer experience isn't isn't all about the game it's about the people you play with so for example i'd probably say we'd all probably agree one of the best co-op games we've ever played is lost planet 2 which is a game that really really didn't do well critically it when it came out it wasn't particularly well received and yet we tried it and it was just phenomenal and we were like how is this not game of the year this is just mm. the best co-op experience we've ever had and it has grappling hooks for chris
1: it's just true but it's like it's it's like um borderlands right like i like i can't ima- i I tried to play a bit of borderlands 2 and I really enjoyed like when we played through the original border- I mean we rinsed that game it was great like really really enjoyed it and then I started playing borderlands 2 and it felt exactly the same in terms of like you know the 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 ludology of it like actually like sitting and playing and like clicking and well you know playing it with a controller or whatever it is like the actual firing in fact I, feel, I think it kind of felt a little bit better in Borderlands 2 than it did in, in in Borderlands but because we weren't playing together it was like I'm not going to sit here and do 40 hours of slightly tedious fps rpg like that's it's just not what I'm after like but with, with Pals it was like you know you get into situations that you wouldn't normally get into like you know walking into a, into a cave and then you know the, your two or three members are sort of on the outside and then somebody running back and then like them being just chased by lots and lots and lots of big bad guys like that is hilarious and that builds into the game and builds into the fun of that world but just playing it single player is like you would have just walked into the cave and got killed like it's just
3: yeah, but you're right, Pete. It's about seeing each other. It's about being seen by your mates doing that and talking about it. I, yeah. I, it's not. I, there's something <laughs> quite alien and cold about me doing something funny in a game by myself and then sharing mm-hmm. it and sending it to you guys to watch. It's about yeah. the moment, the kind of ephem- ephemerality of that. Really, the, the lived that, I mean, experience, and that's, and
0: that's and that's why I think that a game that scores poorly, a game that's that's sort of quote unquote objectively bad provides a better multiplayer gaming experience because it allows you to create those stories there's more room for those stories to be created however when you like when you're playing GTA and stuff like that yeah it's a laugh and you know things happen but the world you're fighting against a world that has been so perfectly crafted to push you into a certain direction for your experiences that those I feel like those stories haven't got a place to grow like When we played um, Rainbow Six Siege, um, you know, we we had a great time and Dan, as usual, ended up locked himself out of a room that we were trying to defend. He fell out of the room. (laughs) He fell out of the room. (laughs) I still don't quite know how I managed to do that. And that was brilliant and that was great. But, you know, we lost the game. We got decimated and it was kind of like, well, all that hard work was yeah we've got to laugh out of it but what we've actually achieved whereas you'd feel like you'd get away with that a bit more in a game that was a bit poorly made yeah know.
3: so are we going to be playing the Uncharted 4 co-op then yeah the multiplayer co-op because no. that, that is you know
2: we did play the Uncharted 2 uh, co-op and that we, we really enjoyed that a lot
1: yeah we did didn't we but what about the fourth?
3: I don't, I've not really heard much rumbling about it. I mean,
2: I don't think we ever played really the third one, but I think what what is quite telling is the fact that all the multiplayer experiences we're talking about are cooperative, and so much of multiplayer is deathmatch. It's competitive. And we've none of us really have ever been interested in competitive multiplayer. We've never, regardless of what game we've played... We may have occasionally gone in for the odd the odd game of competitive multiplayer, but by and large we've always been attracted to the cooperative.
1: I, I was pretty into I was pretty into Capcom S and K like two D fighters, you kind of have to be on, on that side of things. And I really like and I'm still really enjoying
0: Rocket League. I think what Dan's saying though is is kind of as a group, like if we were all to meet online oh, yeah, 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 we yeah. wouldn't all yeah. go and sit and watch you playing playing a 2D fight game would we no and, and like all four of us like it wouldn't be
1: like oh I want us to go and play one on one on one on one deathmatch in Quake or whatever it's not yeah that to, to us is like well what's the point because ultimately you end up finding out who's the best and that's it
2: like but like, just like mm. when all four of us have played FIFA we've all been on the same team Yeah. 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 if it's just two of us then yeah we might go one on one but if it's four of us playing we go on the same team we do terribly but we play together as opposed to against each other we did win the world cup Dan remember that we did win Mm. the world cup we have won the world cup before so
1: what about um,
3: there's also minecraft as well we played that for a few months and we did that collectively we built this kind of space for ourselves and if anyone one of us Mm. went
1: off you know exploring one of us would always go with them or we'd all go together collectively holding hands (laughs) <laughs> but I, I think that that's i think that that really is this is really more of a reflection of who we are as as people right we're more people who have through whatever means like become like we are interested in collaboration we are interested in improvisation we are interested in uh like comedy rather than competing rather than knowing who's like, the best yeah seeing who's the best out of all of these things like we always push one another on but it's not a case of but we you we don't you know we don't do it through like trying to figure out who's the best at backgammon like it's not you know it's not like it's not like on and on and on and on like game after game after game after game like up your game otherwise like what's the point of doing because at at some point you at, at some point there is a clear victor and everybody else just isn't winning and then it's like who cares There's a lot of books for Bake Off.
0: Yeah, a a lot of
1: books. Are you it, looking for the screenplay? Yeah, was <laughs> yeah. celebrity face mask kit. Mary Berry. Oh, I was. Oh, it's her. Yeah. Oh,
2: is that Thingy Robin? Are you sure he's not a wrestler? Yes, I'm sure that Paul Hollywood isn't a wrestler. Yeah, I'd I'm pretty think sure that would come that up
1: well. by now pretty sure he is am pretty sure he's a
0: wrestler hang on let me just check Lisa (laughs) is Paul Hollywood a wrestler oh Lisa said she doesn't know Uh, that doesn't pardon he likes cars a lot which is if you're a wrestler one of the main important things about being a wrestler I guess
2: you might be thinking of Hollywood Hawk Hogan or you might be thinking of Paul Heyman well, I think I'm. I think I'm getting
1: Paul Heyman and Hollywood Hulk Hogan mixed up together. Oh, well, it's obvious they are synonymous. You're right, with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a little oh, known my. fact that the Great British Bake Off is a spin-off from WWE. It's a very little known fact. <laughs> I'm going to put you through this
1: table, but I'm going to take off the nice crockery first. <laughs> <laughs> but before I do that, here, have a scone incomplete bakes and other incidents this is a Wikipedia entry for the Great British Bake Off in series 3 John Waite was unable to complete his bake after he suffered a severe cut to his finger on the food processor he tried to continue working on his strudel wearing a rubber glove but the bleeding required <laughs> medical attention and he, and he therefore yeah. had to abandon the last bake as a result no one was eliminated that week
2: yeah hang on can I just say that's, that's the pinnacle of kind of High intense pressure. Well, now, <laughs> now Dan, now, now,
1: now, Dan, you say that, That's but it's like serious. It seems like in series four, the scriptwriters went eat one, <laughs> one better on you. Uh, contestant Deborah uh, accidentally used Howard's custard instead of her own. As a result, Howard was forced to use Deborah's custard, and this was taken into account by the judges. Oh, you wait till you get to Ice Cream Gate. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. To Baked Alaska. Uh, so in, okay, okay, well, no. In series five, during the Baked Alaska challenge, <gasps> Ian Waters' ice cream melted for reasons that were not entirely clear. Now... <laughs> My Now, my editorial on this I imagine it got too hot <laughs> There we are uh, Although the editing of the show suggested That it had been caused by another contestant's actions He threw his ice cream into the bin In frustration and left the tent He returned shortly after And he had no cake for judging He produced his bin instead And the incident was labelled Bin Gate
2: that He was eliminated literally from the competition literally made the news It did
3: yeah.
1: I've got I've got a quote from Paul
3: Hollywood from an interview from okay. the Telegraph. Yeah, go
1: on. Well, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Was it was it uh what, what was it like um I'm going to take you down. Uh, Randy <laughs> no, this is a
3: quote. <laughs> Paul Hollywood is interviewed in the Telegraph and the the question they kind of pitched him was why is Bake Off so successful because it kind of came from nowhere the success. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is what Paul Hollywood says in the Telegraph. It, it shouldn't me. work but it does because of the different cogs. Take one cog out and it mm. won't work. Its beauty is its nostalgia. You're looking back on something your parents or grandparents baked when you were a kid. My big thing was ice buns. My dad bringing back ice <laughs> buns from the bakery. Then there was the Saturday afternoon when I was eight or nine. Wrestling was on the telly. Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks. Just before Football Focus.
0: Oh, well, there we go. There it is. You were actually That's right. That's what it is. Well, yep.
2: no, he wasn't a wrestler. He was a wrestler. wrestler. No, Dan, he was a wrestler. Wrestling. That's not the same yep, thing. He was,
0: he was a wrestler. That was staying in with Chris Darby... Daniel Frost, Sam Turner and Peter Willington. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and do please help us spread the word about the show. Visit stayingin.podpean.com for more information and links to, well, whatever we've covered in this episode. Thanks very much for listening.